I have been praying for you all this week. I'm always praying for you guys. In fact, all of our pastors and elders uh, pray for you guys often because we love you, because we care for you deeply, for you and your families. But we also pray for you guys because we're responsible for you. We're responsible for you, especially those who preach and teach. In fact, James tells us that those who preach and teach will be judged more strictly. And so we pray always for you. We love you. Just wanted you to know that. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these moments that you've given us. Thank you for those who have come before us, Lord, and have labored in the spirit to lead us into worship. We pray, Father, that we fill their labor. And God, we come before you, Lord, asking, Lord, that you bless over and continue to bless over this service, Lord, that you would touch us, that you would keep us, that you would love us, that you would give us understanding, Lord, and allow this word of yours, God, to fall on good ground. Go before us, God, like you always have, and do what only divinity can do. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I uh, am so thankful. Um, most of you know that we have uh, started a uh, two-part message last week. Um, we're calling Next Steps, or Next. We're talking about broad roads and straight paths. And I was happy to hear from a few of you, um, a couple of you last week, about the next step God has laid before you um, in your own life. And uh, many of you are in the thick of it. Um, and so we're praying for you. Today I want to recap... I feel like one of those streaming services when, you know, when you're watching back-to-back -back episodes and it says, last time on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know. Well, last time, or last week, we talked about the fact that God has us each on a road of two directions, two options, a broad road and a narrow one. And we discovered that broad roads are, are quick. Broad roads are, are easy. Broad roads lack uh, discipline and, and, and don't have any type of intimacy. But on the narrow road, as difficult as it is, on the narrow road, it takes discipline. It requires the ability to pivot. And it's those roads that lead us right into the center of God's will. We said that we're different than those who live outside of God. And we made the point of being different even among one another when we played Would You Rather. We discovered that some of us would give, get, not give up the internet for a month and rather not bathe, and that $5 million for some was more attractive than true love. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're, we're different. In fact, I love the honesty and the vulnerability of just keeping it real. We talked about how much those roads um, have next steps for us. We spoke of two, the plan. Well, let me let you tell me. And what was the other one? 
I heard you say it. And the reason. We said that many times God's plan is not what we had in mind, but often we have to focus on the path because he is taking us somewhere, right? There is a destination. So we're talking about what's next. We're using next as it relates to the next steps uh, that God has on the road that he has called you on individually as well as collectively. And next, as it relates to God calling you off of the broad road and to pivot onto the narrow road in certain areas of your life. Perhaps for you and for our church, it's learning from the past, turning and moving in new directions. It's saying a lot went wrong in the past years, but we can either dwell on it or we can seek God for what's next. So last week, we talked about the plan and the reason, and we talked about you, and we talked about me. This week, this afternoon, we are going to move outside of ourselves and talk about those people that God has brought into your life, those people that are already in your life, your partners. You require, if you uh, recall, um, some time ago, we changed um, from calling ourselves members to partners. There's something special about partners. It speaks of relationship rather than membership. Relationship is ongoing. Membership is something you do once, and then you proceed however you want, however you please. So we're going to talk about your partners and how those partners tie into our destination and where we end up as individuals, a church, um, and the body of Christ in general. And those destinations are going to look different, but in general, God says our landing place is where? It's in heaven, where we'll spend eternity with him. And I can think, I can speak for everyone who calls himself a follower of Christ, that in the end, we all want to, God, we all want to hear God say, well done. Well done. Well done, son. Well done, daughter, my good and faithful servant. But until then... We have some places God is going to take us here on earth that reflect what life on a narrow road headed for eternity should look like. Now, I can't express this uh, statement enough, the next statement I'm going to say, but having other people in your life is critical to getting to where God wants you to go. Having other people in your life is critical to getting to where God wants done through his church. And you're a part of the church. We are the church. In fact, the very foundation of your relationship is built on partnership. It's built on a relationship between the father and the son. It's critical to your spiritual growth. It's critical to my spiritual growth and your formation to have and allow people into your life. Show me a woman without people in her life, and I'll show you a woman who caves under pressure of raising kids, being in a wife, being faithfully single, and maintaining her self-esteem and confidence. Show me a man without people in his life, And I'll show you a man who will struggle to lead his family, to be the person, the same person in the church, at work, and at home, and who will wander on the broad roads 
much like the children of Israel. Church, God uses partnerships to accomplish the bigger picture of his good and his perfect will for your life and for mine and for the church. We think many times the relationships are just for pleasure and and entertainment. However, God doesn't waste anything. And our pleasure and entertainment is really not God's concern. I mean, sure, he wants us to be full of joy. Sure, he wants us to enjoy uh, the things of life that life has to offer. However, ultimately, preparing us for his plan is what he cares about. His will is that he cares about, is what he cares about, is his will, his plan. Let's look at um, Ephesians. Turn with me to Ephesians uh, 5, 15 through 17. We're going to do the same as last week. We'll be bouncing around between, uh, mostly in the New Testament. But Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says this. It says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the opportunity, the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. It's our job to discern what he is doing and to get in line with that. That's going to look different, as we talked about last week, for each and every one of us. Um, But it's going to look much the same when it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to the church. So what happens in these relationships that God uses to get to our destination? Um, There's a preparation time. He prepares us. Anyone ever been prepared? What does that look like for you? Have you ever seen God preparing you? Or maybe, if you're like me, you look back and you realize, oh, that's what you were doing. You were preparing me. Sometimes we don't know until afterwards. And could you imagine if we're not obedient to what he's doing because we can't see it? That's hard for us, right? If we can't see what he's doing, we don't understand what he's doing, what It's called faith, right? But we have to walk in it. But could you imagine just sort of saying no to God, saying no to God, saying no to God, and then you get to a point where he does want to reveal it to you, and he says, well, listen, this is what I was trying to do. You got family members over here who I'm trying to, I was trying to position you to be able to to reach them, and, and you've been praying about them for a long time, and I'm trying to prepare you, but God, you just keep on rejecting me time after time. You're not listening to me. So I'm going to walk us through a few things um, God does through um, partners, and he's, the people he sends into our life. Then we'll look at some New Testament examples. Um, We looked last week at mostly Old Testament examples. This week, we'll sit in the New Testament this afternoon, and maybe we can can venture back into the old. I have a, a habit of doing that. So through our partnerships and shared values, God grows both parties of partnerships by several, several different things. One is, is he allows a person to speak into your life with full permission and to tell you what they see. When we partner with others, God will put uh, people along the road that are there to speak truth to us, right? We have to, but we have to allow that to happen. We have to allow it to happen. Some of you are closed books. And in order to see God move the way you want, you're going to have to open up. 
You're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to be vulnerable. I, um, a, a brother, um, I'm struggling because I have two stories I want to tell you, and I told you I'm, I'm one that's really solid on asking permission before sharing. So I'm just going to tell you the story without their name. I see. And so a brother came to me um, at, at one point, and um, he, said, he said, hey, can I meet with you? I want to, I want to talk with you, right? And I said, yeah, sure. We had known him. We, we had been in, in ministry together and different things. And uh, he said, uh, I, I just want to, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about um, something. He's a single guy. And so I said, okay. So I had something to do down in the South Bay. So we met at uh, Valley Fair in the food court. And uh, we're sitting in the food court. And he goes, man, he said, I just want to let you know, I'm, I, I want to get married. I've been single for a long time. And I want to I be married. And um, it, it's just not happening. I'm just not, you know, finding the, the, you know, the person I want. I'm not meeting people the way I want. And um, I, I mean, I'm no expert, but again, I, I'm, I'm talking to about connecting with another person because doesn't, God doesn't call us to be experts. He doesn't call us to know everything. He says, be in relationship. And so he said, you know, I'm struggling with this. And so I just started, you know, uh, I've learned long enough that, that I, I ask questions before you just start talking and giving people feedback. So I was asking questions. So I said, so what's, what's going on? He's like, well, I just want to be married. I, I have this, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I find myself just, you know, sort of um, really feeling that this is the time and this is the season. And I said, you've been praying about it? Yeah, yeah, I've been praying about it. That's why I'm coming to talk to you because I've been praying about it. Nothing's happening. So I started asking questions. And one of the questions I asked, I said, so where, where do you go um, to, to, to meet people? Oh, man, I'm a, I'm a homebody. Um, you know, I just go to church and I'm at, you know, at work and this and that. And I said, okay. So we began to talk and, and just started talking. And he, and he realized in that moment as I was talking to him, I said, so, so you know, where, where are some of the places that you can, let me help you figure that out. Where are some of the places you can go and, and meet people, right? Or what kind of person are you looking to meet? And so, and so long story short, we, um, we begin to talk through that. And you should have saw the look on his face, right? Something so simple. But had he not connected with another person, had he not partnered with somebody who doesn't, uh, I'm, I was, I think I was, I was married at the time. Um, yeah, for sure I was married at the time. I've been married for a long time. Um, I was married uh, at the time. And, uh, <laughs> and um, so I could let him know, oh, yeah, you, you know, you need, you need to get yourself out there. But it, the, the lights came on for him in that moment is, what I'm, is the point I'm trying to make. The lights came on for him that moment, and I talked with him just a few months ba- um, a few months back, and he said, I, "I think I'm close. I'm at the, you know, I'm at the uh, point to where I think I, you know, found the person, what have you." And there was more to the conversation, obviously, than that. But but you see that he uh, God allows if you, if you allow someone to come into your life, if you're vulnerable enough to say what's going on, they'll send people. That's what we're here for, the body of Christ building up. Secondly, he sends partners just to encourage you. There may be people um, there for, you know, these people may be there for a lifetime. They may be there for a season, a short season, a long season. God sends them. And our thing that we have to do is trying to discern, okay, is this person from God? And if we, if we sense that it is, we don't push them away. Some of us are so busy pushing people away. 
that we miss it. But they're there to encourage you. Sometimes the person is you. And God has sent you to encourage our mutual building between two people, between one another. Let's look at uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. promise you I'm not venturing outside of the book. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, just as in fact you are doing. Encourage one another and build one another up. Sometimes it's just uh, it's encouragement. And along God's plan, he, he partners you with people who can encourage you and, and you encourage them. And uh, you talk about, uh, you center around, you talk about marriage, or you talk about um, finances, or you talk about careers, and it doesn't always have to be super spiritual, but obviously God is the one guiding it, but it, it could be whatever it is that you need to talk about. You can talk about singleness, loneliness. You can talk about the, the, what you thought marriage was going to look like and what it actually looks like. I've learned that from so many men watching their marriages, watching how they are here in a church, but also how they are outside of the church. Uh, you guys all remember the late um, Sid Harms is one of our former pastors. He passed away years ago, and um, he was in charge of the, the couple's ministry. And I, I just, I didn't, I talked to Sid quite a bit, but I mainly watched Sid. And I remember one day when um, he was wrapping up his ministry, I was wrapping up mine. It was like a Saturday morning or something, not many people there. Him and Christine left. And as they were walking out, I was just sort of watching, you know, and uh, watched him hold his hand as they walked to the car, watched him open the door for her. Nobody's around. Just me, maybe one other guy wrapping up on a Saturday morning. God will also send a partner to you to help you see what you can't see and what you don't see. And God is good at using partners to do that in our life. My friend Chris is amazing at this. He, he's always helped me to see things I can't. He points out things I never thought about. And, and it's not just all good things either. Uh, he told me one time, you may have heard me say this when I was complaining about the way something was going, or the way um, something was, you know, the way it was going. Um, he said, oh, I see. I, ah, I get it. I see. I see. You think this is about you. Yeah. I love that man. Because you don't, see, to some of you, that may seem harsh, but when you're in relationship, when you're in relationship, you understand, okay, that's what I needed. I needed to hear. I needed to hear the real thing, but he said it in love, and he said it in a way that he knew based on our relationship, right? A building of relationship. In fact, he called me this week. I was taking my daughter to, um, she, has, <laughs> she has a job taking care of cats, and uh, it's the weirdest thing to me, but um, she's taking care of cats for the week, and um, he called me at 8 o'clock, and, and we got in on another conversation. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting in front of the place waiting for her to finish, um, so we need people like that. Um, he sends partners who are there for a lifetime, and eventually both of you will, you know, you'll, you'll know what this is about once you realize after some years go by or some time goes by. Sometimes it's several months and you just realize this is going to be someone I'm going to be connected to. Someone who knows everything about you. That's not everybody, 
But there's some people who need to know everything about us. They need to know everything. Now, some of you just squirmed in your seat. But let me tell you how freeing freeing it is to be known and still loved, to be known and still respected, to be known and still used by God. This is friendship, a person you can call, tell anything to. And then people who are sounding boards. Sometimes God will give you someone who's a sounding board and a person who is ahead of you, a Paul, if you will. We'll talk about that in a second. You're Paul, someone who's ahead of you. Sometimes he'll send people who are to partner with you and to build with you. There can be, uh, in this case, it would be a Barnabas, um, which we'll also see in a minute. You have a ministry or a business, or, or maybe it's two families that he's connected together and he's going to use collectively to carry out something for the kingdom. And let's just look at a few examples of what that looks like. Um, David and Jonathan. If you look at David and Jonathan, David and Jonathan, um, uh, David and Jonathan had a friendship. It was a deep friendship. And in that deep friendship, we don't have time to go through the whole story, but David had been giving the okay, you remember this, by Saul uh, to go ahead and fight Goliath. He had a full armor on. David takes off the armor, says it, it, it feels weird to me, so I'm, I'm not going to use the armor, the protection right? Um, but he, and everyone thinks he's crazy, but he goes ahead and, and, and does it. He kills Goliath, finds favor with Saul. Saul's son, Jonathan, is sitting there. He hears the conversation uh, that they have, and, and they become instant BFFs, right? And their partnership was formed in the spirit. Let's look at it in um, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 18. Let's look at it there. 1 Samuel 18, it reads, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, and he's talking about David, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. Now, Jonathan loved him as himself. Jonathan ends up giving David his robe. He gives him his tunic. He gives him his bow. He gives him his sword. Do you know all those things had to do with power and authority? They were close. In fact, even when David tried to, um, when Saul tried to kill David in a jealous rage, Jonathan made a plan to signal to David so that he could get away. He said, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot my bow three times, um, and when I shoot it, if it goes beyond you, that means you need to get ghost. My dad's coming after you, right? But if it goes on the side of you, then if it goes on the side of you, then you're good. Come on back. The game starts at six. I'll, I'll fire up the grill. Right? But you see, God's plan for Jonathan included partners that would protect him. We see David being shown love, being sacrificed for, showing emotion. How many times in life do you see people giving up and sharing power and position without an agenda? Then we look at Timothy and Ephoritis uh, and what they were to Paul. God sends um, partners sometimes that will look out for us, um, that will look out for, and that we would look out for them. Those who know us well, partners who will uh, speak well of us to others. Uh, Paul and Timothy and Aphrodite um, are shown taking care of those close to them. And Philippians 2, let's look at this together. Philippians 2, um, we are going to look at 19 through 26. And I want to read the whole thing here so that you can get the just. It says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you, that I may also be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. 
For everyone looks out for his own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he was served with me in the works of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. In other words, I need Timothy close to me. He keeps my head straight. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back Apparitus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also a messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Paul has shared his commitments with these two men and burdens with these men, and he trusts no other person for that particular trip. So he'll sometimes partner with you. He'll partner with you like Paul did with Barnabas. And uh, after three years in the wilderness, we saw that uh, Paul with Barnabas, um, disciples wanted nothing to do with Paul, right? He had been speaking ill of them, persecuting the church, dragging people into jail. And when he walks into the church, everyone turns his head and it's like, wait a minute, no, that's not going to happen. But Barnabas says, wait. And in Acts 9, I don't have time to go into it, but in Acts 9, he, he comes to his defense. He explains, hey, he just had this Damascus Road experience, uh, and he's been tearing it up for Jesus Christ. Sometimes God will send a partner, and, and there's only one sometimes, just one person who's, who's sort of there for you in that time. Sometimes it's, it's, it's everything's against you, but God will send that one person. Who is that? Um, is that Marvin Sapp that says, uh, he saw the best in me when everyone else around me could only see the worst in me? That's why he sent them. And then Moses and Aaron, together Moses, a prophet, Aaron, a high priest, because they were willing to work together, accomplished one of the most significant, significant tasks in history with the nation of Israel to free God's people. Aaron was 83. Moses was 80. They did this in their latter years. So if we think about Naomi and Ruth, uh, the age gap is huge, right? But Ruth's partner with her, with her mother-in-law during a very difficult time in their lives. Her son had just died. Her husband dies. And remember, narrow roads are difficult and challenging, but as we walk into the center of God's will, he'll meet us there. Ruth had married one of Naomi's sons, um, and all of this is going down. She had another, um, another daughter-in-law, and uh, she decided to leave, but Ruth said, no, I'm, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. In fact, in Ruth uh, 1, 16 through 17, she says, don't urge me to leave, to turn back from you. Where will I go? I will go. Where will I stay? I will stay. Wherever you go, I will stay. She refused to let Naomi be left alone. And sometimes we have to partner with people because we refuse to let them be alone. When you hear or you see or you notice, that's the body of Christ. That's, that's the next level of what God is trying to do in the body. He's, he's already been doing it. But that's the next level of where he wants us to be. It's never too late. What the next, what is the, what's the next destination for your life? Where's God moving you to right now? Who has he called you to partner with? Are you picking and choosing 
who you'll partner with? Are you listening for the voice of the one who created the road you're going down? He's able to lead you where you need to go. As the worship team makes their way back, uh, let's look at one last verse. It's in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. It reads, in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So it doesn't matter how narrow that road is, how difficult it is, how much you have to pivot. He's going to make your path straight. He's taking you somewhere. There is a destination. Stand with me. Let's always remember to always leave room for God. Showing up for God on Sunday mornings within these four walls, that's now. See, God has a right now, and then he has a next. So showing up for God in these four walls, that's now. Showing up for God on your job, in your community, in your neighborhood, that's next. Praying for your finances, your husband, your wife, your kids, your job, your promotion, that's now. Praying for his church, his people, that's next. Not serving, that's now. Discovering your gifts, that's next. Not connected, not in community now, allowing him to send partners into your life, that's next. Bible in your drawers, sitting on the back seat since last Sunday, that's now. Reading a chapter a day, that's next. Single and lonely now, God's sending someone next. 625 Magdalena Road now. 3921 Fabian Way next. Let's pray. Father, it's, it's because of you that we live and move and have our being. It's because of you that we are able to stand here today, Lord, and worship and in thanks and in with gratitude, Lord, and to glean from your word, God. I pray, Father, for everyone in this room right now, Lord, who, 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 needs, to under, who needs to partner with somebody, someone who's, who's partnering with people right now, but perhaps it's not the folks that you want them partnering with, Lord. I pray, Father, especially for those right now who need to partner with you, God, who don't know you, heard your voice today for the first time, either here in this room or online, I pray that they would admit that they need a Savior, that they would believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that they would confess that you are Lord and Savior of their lives. The Bible says that in that moment, they will be saved. God, we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I'm going to give you just two minutes if you want to prepare your elements as we go into song. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us eat. same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whatever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us drink. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. the benediction. For him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his presence with great joy and without fault, to the only wise God our Savior be majesty, dominion, power, and authority both now and forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all. Have a good rest of your weekend.